You're listening to Story Warriors, the podcast that helps you craft great stories. Whether you're pitching investors, preparing a conference talk, writing copy, or even a book, a powerful story will help you connect with your audience and encourage them to take action. Thanks for joining Story Warriors. I'm your host, Jack Vincent. Ahmad Akhtar is a pure entrepreneur in my eyes. The guy gets things started and funded and grows them. He's the founder and CEO of FinalRentals.com, a rental platform that helps customers find the ideal car rental from more than 10,000 traditional car rental suppliers around the world with no hidden costs, no extra clicks. Based in Dubai, he's founded a handful of other startups as well. He's a prominent speaker at startup events and always sharing his knowledge and wisdom to help startups succeed. Amar and I met, in fact, at one of the last conferences I spoke at just before the COVID pandemic hit. We were both speakers at Startup Hansa last fall in Gdansk, Poland, and I was overwhelmed by his generosity with everyone. He's also got a podcast for entrepreneurs. Get this, it's called Story Heroes. So it's a delight for me to have him on this episode of the podcast, Amar Akhtar, Welcome to Story Warriors. Thank you very much, Jack. I'm so excited to be here. And like you said, you know, we met last year. Since then, I think it has been a, you know, a great connection, great communication. Uh, I really love what you do. You know, it has been a great journey. I, th- I think us together. And then you started the podcast. And I was like, wow, man, that's really awesome. And, and you know, coincidentally, yours is the Story Warriors and mine is Story Heroes. Wow. <laughs> I know we think a lot. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't know about your podcast when I started mine, but that was my name, man. And you're a warrior of peace, love, and business. I absolutely oh, thank love you that. Very much. Thank I you love very your much. mantra on LinkedIn. Let's try and make this world a better place to live and prosper. For a lot of people, I would take that as words, but from you, I find it part of your DNA. Where does that come from, that mantra, that spirit? The thing is, Jack, I'm a full-time entrepreneur since almost 16 years. And when you divide your life as an entrepreneur, when you're younger, right, you want everything right now. You know, the greed is there, the greed, the hunger to print as much money as possible, right? As you grow, you realize, hang on, yes, money is important, but we should create an environment where we can live, do better, be healthy, less stress, just take it easy, do things in the most amazing manner possible, right? But humanly possible and just just stay happy with, with you know, with what you have. So the moment I realized that, I, I thought I can just share that on LinkedIn. And that's what the vibe is like in final rentals. And we just try to do things one thing at a time, nice and easy, but we do it in the best manner possible. So you stay happy, you do, do the awesome thing. When you go back home, you're like, man, today was a great day. Because why? Because I did that. Oh, that's really awesome. You're too young to sound old. It's what I call an old soul. A lot of wisdom in there. The thing is, all these companies and startups, they talk about this thing, work-life balance, right? So I think we are in this misleading thinking that nine to five is work and five to nine is life, which is not true at all. Because if you divide like that, we are living all every single moment. It, it is life, right? Work is just an extension that runs under that, under the layer of your life. So there's no work-life balance. It is also life. The thing is, you don't have to make it like, oh, it's work. Oh, my God, it's painful. Oh, my God, I don't want to go there. So 
that's what you know we are changing you know as entrepreneurs and i think i think all the entrepreneurs should think like that because if you do not make better workplaces how on earth you can win the market if you don't win at your workplace as a leader oh absolutely wise stuff and i've been working from home or co-working for 20 years now work life balance it's work life integration for me I could be jogging at 11 o'clock in the morning, but working at 9.30 at night. Exactly. Now, you've been a tech guy since university. What is it that you love about IT generally? I think the only thing that scales at a certain speed, I think that is technology. I cannot give you any other example that scales so fast. So, for example, airline industry reached a trillion dollar valuation in what, 40, 50 years? Now look at tech. Tech is doing the same thing in five years. So it is very fast, number one. Second thing is technology is what drives us today. So just imagine from the coffee machine to this Zoom meeting, everything that we do within that is actually technology. It has taken over since the 90s. If you do not understand technology as an entrepreneur today, I think it's going to hurt you even badly in the post-COVID time because everyone will say, hey, I'm tech now. I am on tech. We are running on tech. We are digital. What I loved about technology also was it is the greatest form of art. I'll tell you how, the greatest form of art. Because when you walk into an art gallery, you look at the painting and you say, oh, I love this painting. Oh, it's beautiful. So it is seducing you in many different levels, through the eyes, through the mind, and then the thinking gets into it. But technology is the greatest form of art because not just it compels the eye, it compels your hand to use the mouse, to tap, to swipe, and in the end, to buy so the tech guys today are the greatest artists. Wow. Don't you also think that they are enabling artists like me? I am not a tech guy. I take advantage of tech and I feel that it facilitates and expedites my creativity. Is that part of your mission as a tech guy? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is a part of the mission. It has always been because there are many people who would never use a computer but they are geniuses. They are legends, you know, within their craft. I come from a very small town from Pakistan. It's like a village where we have so many artisans doing the handcrafted things and embroidery. I can tell you one thing. They cannot operate a smartphone. For them, phone is for taking calls and that's it. They don't know anything else. So technology enables such people that their craft is now known by the world. Yesterday, I was using Spotify and I realized one thing that there are so many artists I found there in Spotify from Pakistan. Nobody knows them out of Pakistan. But in the app, they were there. I could hear those songs from the 80s, from the 70s and from the 90s. And I was like, wow, man, this is technology. Just yesterday, I had this thought. Yes, yesterday. You wouldn't believe it. at 9 p.m. I was just taking a walk and I was going through the Spotify feed and I was like, wow, man, these guys also. Oh, that's amazing. How come they found him? And I was like, yes, this is technology that we talk about. I would like to discover some of those artists because I do love music from that part of the world. And it's the world is such a rich place. Even if they have 200 followers from their town, the technology enables them to get it out there. Now, a guy like me might see Pakistan as a chaotic kind of a place. Mm -hmm. You're Pakistani. But then you have universities and commerce. You have small towns yeah. with commerce. Why did you leave? Why did you leave Pakistan? I started off in Pakistan. We come from a very poor background, below poverty line situations. We are seven siblings. I'm the eldest. So I was doing a lot of work since, you know, I would say ninth standard. 
I started working, doing the odd jobs, typing, stuff like that, and earning some money. While father was away, he was in Saudi trying to make ends meet, right? But it wasn't happening. It was clearly not happening. And my mom, very strong woman, she, she brought us together even till date. The thing is, in Pakistan, I was doing a lot. I was like working almost you know, 18 hours a day after my college. I was teaching HTML, JavaScript, and all those things in early 2000s. And then I started my own company, the first ever mobile games company in Pakistan. So I worked in Pakistan for like two years. And then we had this dictator government by Parvez Musharraf. He was the army dictator, you know, the army rule. He was spending a lot of money in technology. So we were choosing like 10 companies to come to Dubai to exhibit. So I came to Dubai in 2006, November, where I was exhibiting as one of the top 10 IT companies coming up in Pakistan. The moment I came to Dubai, I'm like, man, this place is where I should be. (laughs) This place has the pace that that I have, right? This place has the pace that I have, the thinking that I have. This place is just like me. It's new. It's coming up. It is crazy. And it wants to do a lot. So that's the reason why I, in 2007, Jan 20, 2007, I moved to Dubai to find a new career, I would say, or, or to build this new career of, of entrepreneurship. Amazing. So that one visit and you said, I'm coming back and I'm going to start my yes. business here. Now, yes. I've been to Dubai twice and Abu Dhabi once. They're fascinating places. Oh, yes. It is. Exploding yeah. with business opportunity. And I really can't say that I stayed long enough to really understand the vibe. I felt it, I was overwhelmed by it, but I couldn't tell you the culture of the vibe there. What is it? What is that vibe that drew you there and kept you there? I think that vibe is the newness of it. So you see a place that is trying to come up, to come alive, because it's a very new country. In 1975, the British left UAE and they made this the whole union, right? And they said, okay, you know what? Now it's up to you to run. It's a very new country if you compare it to other countries in the world. The second thing is, whatever they do, they try to do it once. So for example, if they want to build a community, they want to build it right and they want to do it once so that it can run for years. Other thing about Dubai is and Abu Dhabi is that because it is new, there's no set pattern. You can do whatever you want, actually. Being within the law as an entrepreneur, you can be as creative as you want. So you will not have this surprise letter from the tax department and say, hey, come see me tomorrow. You are summoned. That does not happen here. It's very clear. And for a young entrepreneur who has no knowledge of taxation, no knowledge of, let's say, how to handle the HR rules and all those things, UAE makes it very easy for you. It's just very easy, like a checklist. One, two, three, four, five, you're good. Great. Welcome aboard. I think I'm coming back. Honestly, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening to you now saying, I got to go back. And not for two meetings and out. When this COVID thing is over and where I am in life, I'm going to hit a few places for longer times. Absolutely. Just put it up there on my list, Amar. It's (laughs) it's all your fault. Now, you're a Pakistani based in Dubai. That's not an easy brand to live with, is it? No, not an easy brand at all. It's like traveling on a Pakistani passport or let's say a green passport. So you fight the first, I call it the first five minutes of combat. So whenever you are meeting somebody, the first five minutes are, they look at me as a Pakistani. In the UK, that wouldn't be a terrible thing. I mean, you know, there are prejudices all over the world. Come on. But, you know, in London, Pakistani, it's like, yeah, we got business to do or not. Let's move on. In Dubai, it comes with a, a certain brand and it's a burden, right? 
Well, the thing is, there are many Pakistani families, rich families. They have properties here. They have done well, like amazing. They own buildings here, right? So I wouldn't say it is a bad brand, but yes, if you classify, right? So you have these people, foreigners come from European, uh, you know, American or British communities. Of course, they're right up there. We have Emiratis right up there. And then we have other classes. And you cannot actually blame it, right? You know why? Because the moment you come out of the airport, the guy in the cab who will drive you around will be a Pakistani. Yep. Don't be surprised. The moment you walk into your building, the guy who is the gatekeeper is a Pakistani. So the moment you call a cleaner, the cleaner might be a Pakistani. So the thing is, you do not see how these guys, you know, guys are growing as a person who has no knowledge about Pakistan. There are some amazing minds from my country. But the thing is, it's like 80-20. So 80% of the Pakistanis who are doing work abroad, they're doing these odd jobs. Or let's say they're doing these jobs that are like below the line, like white collar jobs and below the white collar jobs where you, you know, we are doing, you know, the other things like cleaning and stuff like that. So you just cannot blame because they don't see the businessmen, the entrepreneurs, the guys in suits from Pakistan. They see the taxi drivers, the gatekeepers. So yeah, we as a nation, we have to do a lot. It's not the fault of the world. I'll be honest with you. We as a nation, we have to improve just like how China did, how China came up as a superpower. They were just like Pakistan 40 years back. So we as a nation, we must do something about it. World is not at fault. We just cannot say that, hey, it's your fault. You are having a, you know, some hangups about me or some notion about me, the preconceived one. It's my fault. I must do something about my country for that. I think you're doing it, but that's just my opinion. I think if people see more and more people like Amar Akhtar as an example of a Pakistani, I think that's a good thing. And I don't say that as an empty compliment. I see what you do, and I'm impressed with you as a citizen of the world. And we talk about your Pakistani background and the handicap that that gives you. When you shake hands with an Emirati, or even a Westerner, because I know Dubai is filled with, I went there and met with more Westerners and then the few Emiratis yes. who had power of decision. Is it a burden? Is it a handicap for you when you shake hands or acknowledge and start a meeting? Do you feel that's a burden? And what do you do to overcome that? Hey, if you're enjoying Story Warriors, Please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you found me. And if you're looking to sell with more success or pitch with more impact, well, that's what I do. I help solopreneurs, startups, and Fortune 500s alike sell more effectively. If you want to talk about the challenges and opportunities you're facing in driving your top line, send me an email at jack at jackvincent.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Story Warriors, the podcast for crafting great stories. Is it a burden? Is it a handicap for you when you shake hands or acknowledge and start a meeting? Do you feel that's a burden? And what do you do to overcome that? Well, I would assume that it was a burden maybe four or five years ago. But not anymore, because it was when I go, you know, for meetings or when I'm called as a speaker, honestly, I'm not known now as this guy who is from Pakistan. So they look at me as a guy, award-winning entrepreneur, you know, winner of the Gulf Capital Award for the best technology of 2018. So they look at me as that guy who is doing something like, you know, like a change maker, guy who thinks about change. Like you will come across a place in your life when you will be considered beyond your nationality. So the nationality takes backstage. You are this person who, Amar Akhtar. They don't even care where I'm from. They are happy because I'm there and I'm here to talk. I think that is something that we as entrepreneurs must try to achieve. Yeah. You had 10 tough years along the way. 
you know, oh, from, yes. from arriving in Dubai, the sparkle in your eyes from seeing that mm -hmm. place and getting there to winning the award in 2018, that was a tough road. Oh, yes, it was. And I was applying for the award for almost five years. And every single year I was rejected, not even nominated. So the first time I got nominated, I won it. Wow. So it's like when the time is right, you know, in the judging, they also call you for interview. You have to pitch again in front of five judges. And when I look back, I think that was possibly one of the best pitches I've ever given. One of the best pitches. Really? And I mean, that was 2018? 2018. So when I came back to my office and the guys are like, my CTO was there, right? So he asked me, are we going to win the award? So I said, okay, so here's the thing, Limshot. If the award is about how much money we make, how rich we are, how many cars we have, how many employees work for us, we should not win the award because we are a very small company. But if it is about passion, what we talk about, our message, our vision, then nobody else will get it but us. Incredible. And what was your story? Sure. The story is very simple, Jack. If you look at tech startup, give an example, Deliveroo, all these you know, delivery apps, they have raised a lot of money and they are doing the same thing like other apps are doing, delivery. So the fight is how much money you have raised. Oh, you have raised 500 million. Okay, you have raised 100 million. Okay, 200 million. So it, it's about money versus marketing, isn't it? I am this organic startup. I haven't raised a single penny from anybody. Grew to a user base of 100,000 without spending a dime. It takes a lot of crazy working hours. It takes a lot of different kind of thinking, think different. And it takes a lot of blood and sweat. So when I was in that meeting, I pitched that. I did not pitch them final rentals or a rent car. I pitched them, this is my vision. And the way I'm working without losing money, I'm actually earning money. And that's how you know, I've done it. So they were like, wow. So in that meeting, they asked me 10 times, you haven't raised money? No, I haven't raised money. Okay. Oh, so you haven't raised money? No, I haven't raised money. <laughs> because when they look at the numbers, when they, when they look at my numbers, they were like, what the hell? How on earth someone can achieve these numbers without raising money? So they were just not able to believe that. Hang on, what's happening here? So I think that was one of my best pitches. The mystery provoked their curiosity. And this is, this is why I ask, not just, for <laughs> not just for story warriors, but for my, what I'm working on now in the persuasion paradox. That mystery provoked curiosity, which really was totally an emotional moment for them in a professional context. But they must have had their jaws open, totally enamored, totally surprised by this guy comes in here, hasn't raised any money, and he's profitable? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, th I, think, I think that was something that, I think the X factor there, right? And while I was coming out, there was this last question. So are you going to raise funds? They asked me. I said, yes, I'm going to raise funds, but not from the VCs who look at me and say, oh, someone is here to beg, but look at me, someone is here to create value because he has already earned it. He already has the runway for the next two years. So it's not like if you don't write a check, it will go down. It's like Steve Jobs. Finding his Mike Miracula, it's, it's almost like that. Yeah. <laughs> How do you help brands tell their story? So this storytelling thing is when you hear any digital marketing masterclass or course, they say, tell a story, tell a story, right? So all the startups who come to me when I mentor them, I tell them, people will tell you, tell a story, but they will not tell you whose story to tell. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. So whose story you should tell about your brand? I said, tell a story of you, why you started it. Tell a story of an aunt using your service to do something. Tell a story of someone, of a dad using your service, what he can do with this. So tell a story, 
keep real people in it. Not just say, oh, you know, download my app and get 10% discount. A lot of companies are doing the same thing. But telling a story is, is much deeper than just creating an ad, right? So whenever we as final rentals or whenever I mentor other companies, first thing I ask them when they pitch, you know, the pitch deck. What I hate about the pitch decks is that the entrepreneur jumps straight into the problem and a solution. Oh, that's the problem and that's the solution. I don't want to know that. I want to know why you are solving that problem and why you are the best person to solve this problem. Why not someone else? You have not studied anything about such things in your background. So why on earth I should trust you? So they forget this part. Why, why you? Like why Amar is, is doing final rentals? Why not someone else? I think that's where we miss the trick. And that's what I always try to give this thought to them. That please, please tell why you? Why your team? Why? What would you say along this journey of doing your startups and helping others? What would you say is your biggest failure along the way? And what did you learn from it? So my biggest failure is maybe I would say still is in some parts is handling the cash flow, the money. So handling money is an art because there are so many draws, which draw to pull, which one to push. So you should learn that handling the money, the cash flow. If you are smart about it, you can actually prolong your runway much further. So the biggest failure is, Jack, when I came to UAE, I worked as a solopreneur and I worked as a consultant for so many companies like Budget Rent-A-Car, National, Alamo, Thrifty, Dollar. I worked with all of them for over 10 years. So when I decided to launch Final Rentals in December 2016, I didn't know that startup world is very different than that gig that I was doing. It had some retainers to it. Every month the money was coming in. So life was stable. But now you are jumping into something that is not stable at all. And it will require a lot more than what you imagine. So by November 2017, I was out of cash. Out of cash down to my last $4,000. In yeah. Dubai, which is in Dubai. not a cheap yes, sir. Yes, sir. In Dubai. I was shocked, baffled. I just couldn't believe. I just could not believe what happened with me. I just could not believe in, in 11 months, what have I done? So you're down to 4,000. Yeah. Did it get much yeah. lower than that? What did you do to turn that around? So honestly, I actually had no solution to that. So what I did, I just took a flight to Milano to my father. We have a small uh, farmhouse outside Milan in Nuate Milanese. That's where my parents live since almost 20 years now. So I reached Milano. I met my father after a few years because I was not able to travel. So I met my father after almost five years and my father was very happy to see me. And we spent like two weeks together. So my father... 68 years old, very happy man, still is, you know, very happy man. He was happy about small things in life. He would go to grocery, buy us new cookies, pasta. So he was happy about small, small things in life, very happy guy. And I learned something about life when I met him is, this is what life is about, man. You are crying that you lost all the money. Yes, you have built something called final rentals, but you have lost all the money. You're crying and you came here because you're down and out. You're running away from those things. And look at this guy. Because of him, you are in this world. Look at him, calm, collective, very happy. Can you claim that you'll be like him when you get to 68 or 65? And I was like, no, man, I'm going to change my perspective. So forget the bullshit, all the material things. Let's do the thing right from the ground up. So when I came back in December 2017 to Dubai, I reinvented how I did business. Reinvented, no extra stuff, everything clean and lean, no more expensive watches, no more bullshit, no more expensive shirts, expensive cars. Bullshit. Let's just go lean. The basic life, but everything should be basic. That's perfectly fine. But what you build should be hell advanced, not basic at all. So I reverse engineered my life and that's it. I'm here in front of you now. 
This was December 2017 when you had the, this moment. And in 2018, yes. you 2018 won the award. September. 2018 September, you yes. won the award. Exactly. And in the same year, actually in the same months after two days, I was the one chosen to give the MBA speech in Milano Polytechnical in a class where 80% are Italians. Wow. Yeah. So life just turned around. 2018 must have been glorious for you because one thing oh, is having yes. a great year. Another thing is having a great year after a terrible year, or I should say a struggle of a year and yes. the years leading up to that. And then 2018 comes around and baby, look at you now. You and I met in 2019. You're a hot, a hot product on the <laughs> startup speaking keynote scene. I mean, you're everywhere. 19 was also a great year because in 19, we were chosen for the Poland Prize program as a startup in Startup Henzer. That's where we met. Before that, we actually did the acceleration program in Gdansk. I'll be honest with you. So it was an amazing year as well. That's a great vibe up there in Gdansk. And we were all going to go back and then the pandemic hit. What are the best resources that have helped you along this journey? You know, the first thing first is you look into yourself. I think a lot of introspection really helps and learning from what's happening in life. So I think I learned a lot when I spent time with my father. I still do when I, whenever I see him. I, I learn a lot from him. Amazing person, very humble down to earth. Second thing, I love reading books. Books are amazing. They have certain things in them. You pick them and they can actually become your motto of life. It's incredible. And when you look at someone's journey, like I have always, let's say, looked up to, you know, Steve Jobs, like how he has done this thing, you know, short life and what he has done to us. It's crazy. So I've been using all these resources. A lot of knowledge is, is up there in TED, in, uh, in YouTube. And when you meet people, you learn. Like when I met you in, in Gdansk, I learned a thing or two. When you were presenting the story, the Woodstock story, and, uh, you know, mingled with, of course, the entrepreneurship angle as well. You learn from everything. Just open your learning pad. Because a lot of people I see here as entrepreneurs, when they raise money or when they are doing well, they're like, I know everything. Nobody can teach me anything now. And that's where you die as a person inside. Like not physically, but you die from inside. You just have to keep that learning thing on all the time. And then, you, you know, you'll be fine. Stay alive by keep learning. Amar, where... Can the audience find you online? You're an inspiring guy. People should follow you. Where can they find you? Well, finding me is very, very easy. So on LinkedIn, I'm very active with the name Amar Akhtar. It's easy to find me there. On Instagram, I have the handle called entrepreneur underscore Dubai. Even by name, you, know, you can find me. Same thing is on Facebook as well. And my own website, amarakhtar.com. You can find me there as well. I'm going to spell that out. A double M A R. A-K-H-T-A-R, amarakhtar.com, and yes. all the main platforms. I see you all the time on Facebook, LinkedIn, <laughs> and Instagram. That's where you and I... Absolutely, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Story, startup? Yes, I just want to say one thing. Many years ago, when I was working as a consultant, I was fighting for a project. And the project was very big. You know, It could have changed my socioeconomic outlook. So... I went to the last round. I reached the last round of the project. So three companies were there, two big blue chip giants. And then the third was me. So the MD asked me, Amar, we love your vibe. We like you as a person. But the problem is you're a very small company. How on earth you can handle this project? So I told him, yes, I'm a very small company for sure. And the other two companies that you named, they are very, very big, huge five, you know, Fortune 500 companies. But I have one thing that they don't have. He said, okay, what do you have? I said, only small companies can become big. <laughs> and I got the project. The only reason why I got the project, 
I've always been very honest with what I do. You just have to be very honest. So if you're an entrepreneur today, be honest with you. What you are doing, you will know. You will 100% know what you are doing. If it works or not in the back end, nobody has seen your back end, your technology. Just be very honest because if you fake these things, they will have a life maybe. One year, two year, three year. There'll be no value for anybody within the ecosystem. So always be honest with what you do as an entrepreneur. I think success will come for sure. It might take some time, but it's going to be there. Wow. Inspiring words. Amar, thank you for joining me today. It was just such a privilege and so much fun to have you. And now you're a story warrior. Thanks for being part of it. Thank you very, very much. I'm so excited to be a story warrior and I'm, I'm humbled that I, I get a chance to you know, rub shoulders with you physically last year. And now we are rubbing shoulders digitally. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled. And thank you very much, Jack, for this kindness. And, and always, you know, you are an inspiration. Always love talking to you. Well, thank you. And we will rub shoulders again physically, whether it's Milan, which is two hours from me, or back sure. up in Gdansk, where I know we are always invited, or yes. I might be stopping by Dubai sometime soon. Thank You're you so much. welcome, Jack. Thank you very much. Amar Akhtar. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Story Warriors, the podcast for crafting great stories. If you've got something you want me to cover or an idea for an episode or any suggestions at all, I'd love to hear from you. Check out my website and send me a message at jack at jackvincent.com. Let's connect on social too. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. Thanks again and hope you join me for next week's episode of Story Warriors.